Hello, welcome to the Holiness Preaching Online Podcast. Grab your Bible and listen to God's voice through our anointed Pentecostal holiness ministers as they deliver the burning message on their hearts. Thank you for your support. have your Bibles this morning. So very thankful for every visitor, everybody, all the home folk here this morning. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord on a rainy Sunday morning. Praise God. Jeremiah chapter 18 this morning. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 18. This wonderful, wonderful prophet of God. I love this book. I love this book. I love the warnings. I love the heart of Jeremiah. Amen. Because he wanted God's people to do right. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 18 and verse number 1 this morning. When you have it, say amen real loud. Praise God. Jeremiah chapter 18 and verse number 1. The Bible says, And the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house. And there will I cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter, to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. And at what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck it up to pull down and to destroy it. If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. Verse 6, one more time, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? You can be seated this morning. I want to tell you right off the bat this morning. God can handle your mess. Hallelujah. God can handle your mess. Amen. One preacher said, you might be messed up, but don't give up. Hallelujah. Amen. And therein is the, uh, I guess, the, the whole gist of serving God. Every one of us in this building are on a journey toward one place or the other. We're on a journey to eternity. Amen. And while we're on that journey, I'm thankful that we are able to enjoy the relationships that God gives us. 
I'm thankful that we're able to enjoy the friendships that cross our uh, lives throughout our lifetime. But at the end of the day, when everything is said and done, and when the house is quiet, and when everything that we have done to serve God that day can be done, there is a fact that still remains. Eternity is in view. And we will spend eternity somewhere. Hallelujah. But God woo, is able this morning. Oh, glory to God. No matter how you may feel this morning. No matter how many mistakes you have made before you walked into this house this morning. God is in the business of turning mistakes into miracles. Hallelujah. God is in the business of turning your turmoil into a triumph. You hear me? And God is in the business of turning your mess into something that He can bless. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I'd like for you to understand this morning when we read these words that in Jeremiah's time, the, the people of God had found themselves in a very bad situation. They were a nation who had literally thrown God away. They had gone about trying to, to serve other gods and various things had come into their life. And uh, really, chaos was ruling throughout the land. If you go back and read in this entire book, you'll find where they had basically over and over again, they turned their uh, faces from God to the things that they thought could give them comfort and the things that they thought could give them some kind of reliance or some kind of, uh, I guess maybe we would call it today, self-help. I, I understand and I appreciate those that are out there that try to get us to, to get to that place in our lives that we can find victory and find help. But I want to remind you this morning, if you walked in here trying to find it on your own, you'll never find it. If you walked into this building this morning trying to figure out life for yourself, you'll never be able to figure it out. It's only when you'll turn your life over to God. Hallelujah. And let God begin to make and mold something out of you. So you see in this passage this morning, corruption was widespread. Mor morality was rapidly declining. And we could almost transpose this world that we're in today right in the time of Jeremiah. Hallelujah. Amen. If you don't believe that this morning, just talk to a few people. Amen. Look at the news sometimes and just see what's going on and find out if chaos is not ruling this land. Hallelujah. But I'm thankful this morning there was a prophet that would listen to the voice of God. I'm thankful that God had a man that was willing to tell Israel of her ways. And the Bible says the Lord begins to speak to Jeremiah. And He says, Jeremiah, I've got a lesson I want you to learn. But I'm not going to teach you this lesson this time. i got somebody else that's going to teach you this lesson. I want you to go from your house and I want you to go down to the potter's house. And when you get there, you're going to hear from me just by watching and observing what this potter does with the clay. Hallelujah. So he begins to watch this potter. And this potter begins to shape and mold a vessel.
And verse number 4 says, But there was something in the hand of the potter with this vessel that was marred. There was something that was wrong with this vessel that this potter was making. Maybe it was a stone that had, a small stone that had gotten into the clay. Maybe that it was the clay had become so stiff that it could not be moldable. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But it does tell us that in the hands of the potter, this experienced person, I mean, this person, I don't think God would have told Jeremiah to go down to some podunk person didn't know what they was doing. He said, I want you to go down to somebody that knows what they're doing. And so this potter begins to mold this vessel and something is wrong with it. And so he begins to make it into another vessel. I want you to notice something very important to Christians and to sinners in this house this morning. I want you to notice that the potter did not throw the vessel away. Oh, glory to God. The Bible says that He began to make it again into another vessel. At this point, Jeremiah begins to see what God is trying to expose to him and the message that God wants him to get. You see, this potter did not reject this vessel as useless. This potter did not say that there is something so marred in this vessel that I cannot use it. It has lost its usefulness. Amen. The potter just began to rework that clay. The potter began to remold that clay. And he began to make it into something that was good as it seemed according to the Bible this morning. I want you to see that Jeremiah is carefully looking at the hands of the potter and God begins to speak to him. His plan this morning of this potter is to turn ordinary clay into something that is a profitable vessel. And things have not changed. Though time has escaped us from this very moment until today. I want somebody to know this morning that God wants to turn an ordinary clay vessel into something that is profitable for Him to use. It doesn't matter, glory to God, how many people have told you that you don't have what it takes. It doesn't matter how many people have marked you off their list and said you You'll never be anything for God. As long as you remain in His hands, He can make something profitable out of you. Hallelujah. God has the authority and the ability to fashion and form kingdoms and nations as He pleases to serve His purpose. Hallelujah. And it is a very easy thing with God to make of us what He pleases. A blob of clay isn't worth much. But a piece of fine china is expensive. Why? It becomes more valuable because of the workmanship that's invested in it. Hallelujah. I want to preach to you this morning. Oh, maybe I need to bring it down to where you can understand it. A basketball is relatively inexpensive. But in the hands of Steph Curry... It's worth millions. Come on now. Amen. It all depends on whose hands it's in. Hallelujah. A baseball is relatively inexpensive. But in the hands of Mike Trout, it's worth millions. A golf ball is pretty cheap. 
but put it in the hands of Tiger Woods and it becomes worth millions. You see, it all depends on whose hands is... Hallelujah. We become valuable this morning because of the work that He does in us. None of us are valuable in anything that we can do. But we are valuable when we are in the workmanship of God and God begins to make something out of us that we never thought could be possible. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We become the work of what He does in us this morning. Can I tell you what Paul told the church at Ephesians? In Ephesians 2 and verse 10, he says we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Hallelujah. It is Him that turns the hand of this universe. Come on now. Amen. It is God that turns the wheel and alters the shape and makes it a vessel. I want to preach to you this morning. And I want to tell you that I feel like there's probably no doubt some of you that sit right here this morning that you've had people tell you or maybe you even feel like it yourself. What do I have to offer God? Look at the mess I've made out of my life. Look at what I've done to my family. Look at the disgrace that I have caused my family. And then the enemy will come in and he'll say, look at the mess you've made trying to serve God. You were better off before you even tried to serve God. Look at the mess you've made since you... Oh, glory to God. But God says, wait a minute. Hallelujah. I said God says, wait a minute. In the, in the, in the, I think it's about nine or ten times that Rahab is mentioned in the Old Testament. And every time that you read in the Old Testament, most of the time you'll find it says Rahab the harlot. Hallelujah. That was how she was identified. Can you imagine if all of us this morning were identified by the sin that was in our lives? Hey, amen. What? Oh, glory to God. Amen. What if God called your name and, and He said whatever your name is and called the sin that you've dealt with? But I want to tell you this morning, when you get over in the book of Matthew and you get in the New Testament and you find where Rahab is mentioned in the lineage of Jesus Christ, hey, no longer will you find where it says that she's Rahab the harlot. Hey, you know why? Because in the hands of glory to God, in the hands of a potter, I'm no longer known by what I used to be. I'm no longer known by the sin that used to rule my life. But I am known that I have made a trip to the potter. And he worked me. Amen. I still ain't what I want to be. But thank God I ain't what I used to be. Hallelujah. Hey, come on church this morning. Amen. Some of you ought to be able to shout and rejoice and clap your hands to God this morning to know I'm not what I used to be. Hallelujah. One pastor tells the story. Tells the story of he and his daughter walking along the seashore. And he said, as we're walking along, I'm looking down 
And I'm picking up those seashells. But he said, I'm picking up the shells that are not cracked. I'm picking up the shells that are not broken. He said, I look at my daughter. She's picking up the broken ones. Woo. And then she says, Daddy, my hands are full. He says, Honey, I see that. He said, But your hands are full of the broken shells. She looked up at her daddy and she said, But daddy, the broken ones are pretty too. Hallelujah. The broken ones are pretty too. I want to tell somebody, if you don't get anything else out of this message this morning, you are not too broken for God. You have not made too big of a mess that God cannot pick you up from where you are. Amen. And that God cannot rework you. And that He can't put you, oh, glory to God, that He can't put you back on that wheel again and remote and remake you. You haven't gone as far as you think you have. Amen. Matter of fact, I think if you just put your ear up to heaven this morning, you'd hear the voice of God saying, won't you, won't you let me have it? Well, won't you let me have it? Why don't you let me make something out of you? Glory to God. Hallelujah. I feel like preaching to somebody. Amen. In the New Testament book of Hebrews. Woo. That book includes a collection of great heroes of the faith. But they weren't all perfect examples. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. In chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews, the Bible only mentions their victories. It doesn't tell us about their mistakes. You know why? Because God sees what we will become. Not necessarily what we are right now. I'm glad that God looked way beyond what he saw. Amen. Years ago in this old boy, I said, I'm glad that he looked beyond the messes that I had made, the turmoil that I had caused, the decisions that I had made. And he looked beyond that. And he said, I think there's something there I can use. Hallelujah. You have value. You have value. Somebody needs to grab a hold of that this morning because I feel an undercurrent of hell trying to tell somebody you don't have what it takes. You don't have what God's looking for. But I hear heaven say this morning, I come and I've come looking for you. I've come in this place this morning and I've come looking for a vessel that feels useless. I've come looking for a vessel that feels like it has nothing to offer. Hallelujah. I'm going to bust some of your bubbles here right now. Especially some of your self-righteous ones. And all of what Hebrews mentions about these wonderful, wonderful examples. Abraham 
Whoa, I preached about him last week. But Abraham lied about his wife. Sarah laughed at the promise of God. And then when she was asked, did she laugh? She lied. Runs in the family, don't it? Hey, Noah got drunk. I know we don't like preaching like this. Because it makes us feel uncomfortable. Because it, we, have to, we have to get down to where we really are. Amen. We have to take our halo off. And we have to get down to the nitty gritty and expose ourselves to God and let Him see us exactly as He sees us. Hey, amen. I thank God for holiness at Pentecost. Amen. But there's a lot of self-righteous people that think somehow that because of what I do that somehow I'm better than you. Hey, but let me tell you something this morning. Every one of us had to go to the same foot at Calvary. Every one of us had to fall on our faces and repent to the same God. Let me tell you about some more. Samson was immoral. I'm just trying to tell you, you ain't as far gone as you think you are. Gideon was scared to death. David had an affair. And then after he had an affair, he got the woman pregnant, and then he killed. Mercy Jesus. You see what I'm trying to preach to you? I'm trying to tell you your mess is not too big for God. I'm trying to tell you that however you came in here, God can turn it around. Elijah had a problem with depression. God wrought a great victory. And the next day, he's sitting up under a tree wanting to die. You understand? I'm trying to tell you that God still loves you. That God still wants you. That God still wants to have a relationship with you. It doesn't matter what you've done or how bad you've been. The blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, still cleanses us from every sin. Jonah ran from God. But he didn't run too far that God couldn't get his attention. You understand what I'm saying? I'm trying to get somebody to understand God can use you right where you're at. God, whoo, maybe not cracked up and maybe not all beat up like you are right now, but God says give me a little bit of time. Let me put you back on the wheel. Let me remold you. Let me remake you. Isaiah 64 and 8 says, But now, O Lord, Thou art our Father. We 
are the clay. You are the potter. And we are all the work of thy hand. Some of us have been on the wheel a little longer and we progressed a little farther, but that don't make us any better than anybody else that's sitting in this house this morning because if it had not been for the hand of God on your life, there but by the grace of God go you. It is the grace of God that has brought us where we are brought to this morning. Hallelujah. Woo! Lift your hands and praise Him this morning. Somebody ought to clap your hands to Him and tell God, I'm so glad you didn't throw me away. When everybody around me said I'll never make it. When everybody around me said I won't last. When everybody told me you don't have what it takes. God. Woo. Hallelujah. I said God looked down from eternity and said there's something in them I can use. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God begins to put you back on that wheel. And He makes something beautiful. Hallelujah. Never underestimate the power of the potter's hand. Stay with me a few more minutes. In order for the potter to accomplish his goal, there's some ingredients he's got to work with. Clay. The condition of clay as it is found is found in the ground and it's not suitable for use. It's dug out of the ground and brought to the vicinity of the potter and allowed to weather for weeks. Then the dry material is dumped into a cement line tank or wooden trough and it's covered with water. And when the lumps have softened, they're stirred in the water until all of those lumps have disintegrated and a thin, slimy mud, or some people call it slip, has been formed. This slip is drawn off into settling tanks, but all the stones and some of the lumps remain behind. But when the clay is settled, and the water's drawn off and the plastic material is worked by treading with the feet. The clay is finally packed away and allowed to stand another six months before it's used. During which time the quality, especially the plasticity or the elasticity, is believed to improve. In other words, the clay is taken from the ground. And when it's taken from the ground, it is worthless. It's got to be transformed into a usable state. And this is a process that takes time and takes energy on the part of the potter. A perfect example of those of us who were once lost in sin, worthless to God in our natural condition. But He's able to see the vessels that we can become even when we are worthless. 
than the potter's instruments. He uses a shovel. This is a tool that he uses to dig the clay from the earth. A picture of the Spirit of God who comes in where sin is and speaks to us with convicting power and draws us to Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Thank God for the conviction of the Holy Ghost. Woo! Amen. Not only does He use a shovel, but there are times He has to use a mallet. After the clay has been cleansed and processed, it's placed on a table and it's beaten with a wooden mallet. The potter does this to remove any air bubbles that might be trapped in the clay. Because if He doesn't, the air bubbles will form a pocket that will produce a weak spot and cause the, the, the vessel to become fragile and unusable. This is a picture of the trials and the calamities and the chastisements of life that tend to work us together where the clay becomes fragile and it becomes loose and it be, be, we begin, come on now, to feel like maybe we're getting a little broken. Amen. But the Spirit of God comes by. Amen. It begins to beat us down. Come on now. Amen. Not harshly, but He begins to beat us to get the air bubbles out so we can be a profitable vessel. Hallelujah. Then there are the wheels of that potter. Pottery. Usually, that potter's wheel is made of a stone that sits up in a socket. And coming out of this stone is an upright shaft that kind of extends with another smaller wheel mounted on top of the other one. And it is with these wheels, amen, that the potter using his feet begins to spin that large wheel and that lower wheel. And as he begins to spin that lower wheel, then the action of his foot... Oh, glory. Glory to God. As he begins to turn that wheel, then it catches a hold of that top wheel. Come on now. Amen. This is the process. This is where the clay is going to be placed. And as the clay begins to turn, then the potter will place his hands upon it and shape it according to his will. So the whole time, Hey, I said the whole time you're on the potter's wheel. He's either got his foot doing something or he's got his hands doing something. But I want you to know one thing. Not one time does he ever take his eye. I said not one time does he ever take his eye off of that piece of pottery. Symbolic of the work of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Can you be honest with me this morning? I don't need you to raise your hand, but be honest with me. How many of you ever feel like God don't even know where you are? Preacher, God don't even know where I am. Oh, yes, He does. Oh, yes, He does. During those times of molding, during those times of those inconsistencies that He sees in us. Oh, glory. Amen. These things, sometimes they happen and they're, they're hard for us to understand and they're confusing and we, we are burdened by these things. But as the potter controls the speed of the wheels, 
they only rotate according to His will. Never forget. Never forget that God is still in control regardless of what's going on in your life. And then, last thing I want to talk to you about this morning are His hands. While the clay spins around on the wheels, it's never out of contact with the potter's hand. There may not, oh glory, there may be times that you don't feel His hand is strong. But I want somebody to know in this place this morning, there's never a time that His hand's not on you. Working, moving, woo, glory to God, removing those lumps. Removing those air bubbles and taking those things out so that we can be a productive vessel. You say, preacher, how do you know he never takes his hands off of me? Because if his hands were ever to be removed, the clay would spin right off the wheel and would be lost. Therefore, his hands remain there with the clay and brings it along until it becomes what he desires it to be. There's not a doubt in my mind this morning that sometimes we feel like we're useless. I'm a nobody. Who knows me? But God wants to use you this morning. God wants to bring you to that place that He can begin to make something out of you. But I want you to understand one thing. There are times in our lives that we produce a hindrance to His work on the wheel. And it, when we produce a hindrance to His work on the wheel, then it is us that has to remove that hindrance. God never takes His hands off, and He never is not willing to work. But when we've allowed sin, when we've allowed things, weights, to be found in our vessel. Then God is saying, I'm looking to you to remove what you've allowed in. I didn't put that in there. You did. So that thing that's holding you back is your responsibility this morning. And you may say, preacher, what do I do with it? You lay it at the foot of Calvary. I said, you lay it at the foot of Calvary. You mean I don't have to go do that? I don't. You mean I don't have to go make everything right? The first step is laid at the foot of Calvary. 
And then allow God to begin to move in your life. And allow God to work in your life. Stand with me this morning. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and 21, the Bible says, If any man purges himself from these things, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet. You know what that word meet means? Useful, profitable, easily pliable. He will be meet for the master's use. Nobody ever said this process is easy. And nobody ever says that this process is going to be fun. Matter of fact, this process, when I'm told when what research I have done, when a potter is working a vessel, there are so many times that imperfections happen. And they have to stop and start all back over again. I don't care how many times you have to come to Him. We had some folks here one time that said, I don't understand all these, I don't understand these people got to go to the altar and pray. Every service. I thought to myself, where else would you rather them be? I don't care if you have to ride this altar do you get the glory. I don't care if we have to pray with you every time we come to church. I want you to get what you need from God. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. God can make something and God wants to make something out of you. But you've got to be willing to let Him have everything. You can't hold anything back. You've got to be willing to let go of pride. You've got to be willing to let go of your selfish desires. Come on now. You've got to be willing to lay it at the foot of Calvary and say, God, it's not my desire anymore. It's not what I want out of my life. But it is you that I want in my life. Make me again. Remold me into what you want me to be. These altars are open this morning. If you want to pray. Hi, thank you for listening to the Holiness Preaching Online Podcast. We hope this sermon encouraged you. If you would like to send us audio sermons to be played on the podcast or put on our website, please contact us. You can send us an email at hpoministries at gmail.com. Please tell your friends and family about our podcast. Also, leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. Once again, thanks for your support. May God richly bless you.